T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. In just a few minutes, we'll have Bills Beat Reporter for Syracuse.com and host of the Shout Podcast, Matt Perino, to join us to talk a little bit more on the Bills offseason and really how the season ended as a whole. We've also been talking a lot today, the Bills offseason need. Which position group is the biggest need? Is it wide receiver? Is it offensive lineman? We're still taking your calls at 803-0550. And is it another position as well? I mean, we're very zeroed in on the offense, but there's a very strong likelihood that both Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds could not be on this roster next year. So does linebacker, does safety jump into that discussion a lot, a lot of storylines going into this offseason, and the Bills really don't have a ton of salary cap, so it could be, I think it's going to be very interesting, but it could be a very long and painful offseason as well. But on the West Her Hotline, Matt Perino, again, of Syracuse.com, Bills beat reporter and host of the Shout Podcast, joins the show. Matt, thank you so much. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, no problem. You know, it... it we're all freezing out here, and I feel like, you know, just the sense of brotherhood of, like, we can all just hang out inside, talk about sports instead of the, you know, negative four-degree weather outside that just, Matt, I, I need summer, man. I Like, I'm I, I sure I want the Bills season, but I, I need, like, 85-degree days. I can't keep doing this. Oh, man, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I, uh, I teach at UB, and I was walking from building to building the other night, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this campus. It's beautiful. I love it in September and then I love it in May. And all those months in between, it's like just freezing. And uh I lived in Vegas for five years obviously, so I'm right there with you, man. I, I I'd love for some heat. I you know, I I've been to Vegas once in my life and I thought the dry heat would be the death of me. Not that bad. Mm-hmm. It it it's the humidity of the south that can give people dry heat. I think it's very doable. It's very, very doable. One hundred percent. And I you know what it is? Like when you feel the biting cold, like my wife will disagree with me on this, but when you feel the biting cold of winters here versus like two months of just like walking out into 110 degrees, the pain is greater in the cold. I mean, I, I will I will say that until I die. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, Matt, I did bring you on today, though. I, I don't want to necessarily open up the kind of fresh wounds, but the Bills did get blown out in the divisional round. It to a lot of people, it feels like the Bills are taking a bit of a step back. They their record was better this year compared to last year, eleven and six, the year prior thirteen and three this year. But 
what was your biggest takeaway from this bill season? Was it actually a step back? Is this team just kind of stagnating or, or are you in more of a positive camp going forward? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty neutral. Um, I think that there's a lot of things to like still about this organization, the leadership in place, uh, the players that they have. I mean, there's, you're going to have to have a pivot this year, right? It's been building to this season, and we felt it at the beginning of the year. When you started talking about the Super Bowl window and the pressure that came along with the expectations, part of that pressure is you only get the luxury of that salary number on Josh Allen for so long. I mean, what was it, up to between 12 and 16 this year, it's going to balloon up to somewhere in the 30s, and then before long you're looking at 40. I think the, the highest cap hit he'll have is in 25, I believe, which is around 50 million. And that just changes the game for Brandon Bean and how he is able to accumulate talent. And, listen, it's possible. Like, we're watching a story unfold in Kansas City this season with a quarterback, you know, in his contract, now the high end of the contract, where they're, they're finding success. And part of that success comes by drafting good players. And Kansas City, this last game in the championship game against Cincinnati, they got contributions from their rookies that I just don't necessarily know that the Bills got from theirs against the Bengals the, the week prior. So I think it's just get finding a, a renewed vision, you know, collectively, what worked, what didn't, what coaches worked, what coaches didn't, and coming up with a new game plan and, and moving forward. But at the end of the day, listen, there's a lot of overreaction I've noticed over the last couple of weeks because – you're right. Like it's you, you haven't advanced the story at all, right? Like from the previous, you, you wanted to turn the page from the, the 13 seconds. You wanted a new chapter written, and you're going home as a Bills fan and a Bills player and coach at the same exact spot you were a year ago. But you still have the quarterback, which is the most important thing in this league. I don't care if they're getting paid 50 million or if they're on a rookie deal. That's the most important thing. And I and I do think that five playoff appearances in six years, that there's something to that. And you know. So not to be too long-winded, but Andy Reid's playing in the championship game this year or this week, this next week with, with Kansas City, and he had to get fired in Philadelphia after a couple of trips before finally figuring out in his next stop. And people wonder, well, is that going to be the story with Sean McDermott? Is it never going to materialize in Buffalo? And I think it's about learning, period. And when that happens and how it happens, it's just that it does happen. And so that's the big piece of it, too. It, can Sean McDermott learn from – the failures over the last couple of years and now spin it into the future and figure out some answers long-term. You mentioned the rookie class for the Kansas City Chiefs and how and how they're really getting some pretty good production out of those guys, especially now late in the playoffs. How do you feel about this Bills rookie class? You know, Not even just Kyer Elam and James Cook right at the top, but really across the board. How have you felt about this year? Because that's also become a talking point of the recent draft classes from Brandon Bean not necessarily producing a ton of named talent, I guess. You know, the last Pro Bowl Pro Bowler they drafted is Wyatt Teller. So how do you feel about this this crop and, and how maybe their future looks? I don't think we know enough about them and I place the blame for that on, you know, both parties. You know, the the people that drafted these players and the people that were tasked with developing them. There was a disconnect, obviously, between, listen, I, I guess just to start by saying, I understand that, you know, developing rookies, they come in all shapes and sizes. There's different paths to the, the final version or uh, uh, starting version of that player. 
But I just don't know if when they selected Kyir Elam, if Sean McDermott got the message that, all right, this is going to be, we're spending a first-round draft pick on this guy. This is going to be your starting quarterback opposite Trey White or until Trey White gets back, he's going to be on one side. And, you know, this organization has seen these stories play out before with their draft picks. I thought that they, in a lot of ways, ruined Cody Ford with the way that they drafted him, they traded up for him, and then they said, okay, we think he's a tackle. And then you get to camp, and they're like, well, we still like him as a tackle, but he's not good enough to be an every-down tackle, so we're going to split with Ty and Secchi, and we're just going to figure things out as we go. And we saw the results of that. He never got comfortable in a certain spot. So that's got to be a lesson learned. And this whole, like, I get it, you like Christian Benford, but you drafted Kyrie Elam in the first round. He needed season so that he's ready for come playoff time, and I just don't think that he got it. So I like James Cook. Uh, they finally figured out things him with him late in the season. But what was the Terrell Bernard pick? What was the vision for that? Is it like a, we're going to spend a third-round draft pick knowing that we can't pay Milano and Tremaine Edmonds long-term and this is going to be the answer? Well, he didn't look like the answer in the one game that he got to play, and he looks so unprepared that now it creates questions about can he be the guy if you do move on from Edmonds or you do decide in a season or two to move on from Milano? And, or do you have to now go and get another player? So I think that sometimes when in drafts, you just want to see the people that are making the picks find answers. And I think we have more questions about this draft class than anything. Speaking on that, I, I, I posed the question, and we've been talking about it all morning, really, of just like, what is the biggest need, offensive line or wide receiver? But I think, like, you, you've rightly pointed out, like, I think there's also just got to be a plan involved of, like, what comes next for the Bills. Like, I mean, they could have a need, but really, is this group kind of having to look themselves in the mirror a little bit now, now with, essentially, like you said, like, the story is not progressing. Does this group, Brandon Bean, I think very specifically here, do they have to look themselves in the mirror and go, all right, we've got to maybe change our process here and how everything's going? Yeah, I think that he does a really good job of that. I'll, I'll give Brandon a lot of credit. And I don't, I don't begrudge him or fault him for the approach that they've taken. And I think that they've, they've had some good drafts. I've, I've given them really good grades. I liked everything that I heard about Bernard when they drafted him, why they did, where they did, all that kind of stuff. But then the, you know, the plan just doesn't you know, seem to be crystallized right now. So they have to figure out a way, okay, what are our top three or four needs? Okay, who are we, where are we going to get them? We can't do it in free agency because we don't have enough money. So we have to make sure that there's this, this, this guy that we could come in here and we have a plan for playing him and developing him to have an impact this season because I think Sean McDermott said it best a couple weeks ago. I think it was before the Bears game or maybe the Dolphins game when he said, the NFL is different now. You need to draft rookies, and because of depending on where you are in your build, you've got to be ready to play your rookies in year one like Kansas City has done. And to do that, you've got to play them and you've got to get them ready to play. Um, and maybe the idea was that Benford was going to be somebody that you know, started games for them and they could trust in big spots. But if that's the case, what are you doing with, with Elam? And was he that much better than Tyre Elam, Christian Benford, that is, and that was the reason that you went that direction? So I just think across the board they have to do a really good job of self-scouting their entire operation and how they're developing guys and then reassess and Do they have the right people in place? Like, I get it. Von Miller goes out. And that is a big piece of your defensive line. You spent a lot of money 
to affect the quarterback in that way. And I think it's only so fair to judge what that looked like down the stretch without Miller. But you also spent a ton of draft capital on the edge, and it just didn't seem like any of those guys had the kind of impact in the playoffs that you needed. Um, so you're going to have to reassess that too because if Epinesa and Basham aren't part of your long-term future at that spot, you might have to actually look at drafting another edge rusher. Could you? Probably not in the first round. Let's 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 give Bill, Bill's mafia a break and a deep breath and relax. I'm not predicting anything crazy like that, like Mel Kuyper did in his mock draft. But you know that that, that might be a position where they continue to evaluate and try to add more talent. Going to the defense as well. I mean, I mean, you mentioned. The, the potential that there really could be a need at the defensive line. I'm not gonna lie. I, I kind of started squeezing the table a little bit harder. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I was like, I was like, Matt, please don't do this to me. But the two names in free agency for the Bills, like, and and really one of them has had an exceptional season on a contract year. Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer. Do you expect either of them to be back? Do you think the Bills maybe prefer to bring one back if they do, or are they really in a tight situation cap wise that they may have to let both walk just to kind of keep everything on the books looking good you know i think Edmonds, like i think they're gonna they're gonna move mountains to try to come up with a deal that's similar to milano right where it's like maybe a little bit less than he can get on the open market but it gives him that new contract and who knows like depending on who you talk to like i think i was listening to mike Janetti uh from spottrack.com on one of his recent podcasts and he said that um he doesn't know if Edmonds is going to have the same value that maybe he thinks when he hits the open market. Like, he's not going to get a Roquan Smith deal, um, Shaq Leonard deal on the open market. And if that's the case, why not stay in Buffalo where he's comfortable, he knows the system, uh, for a you know, similar deal that maybe he can get elsewhere. Or maybe somebody's just going to break him off. But I think you do let him go out, figure out what his value is, and then reassess and try to have that conversation and if you have to move on, you have to move on. But you're right. Like, you're going to have to start making really hard decisions. I think Jordan Poyer is going to have a market, and it's going to be a market that's too high for the Bills. Uh, but I said that in previous years. Uh, I think it was the Milano deal was probably the most recent one, and then they ended up re-signing um, Daryl Williams and John Feliciano as well, who I thought might be gone in that mix. And so Brandon Bean does a really good job. The guys that he wants to keep, he usually figures out a way – to make his to take his best swing, but honestly, I I think Edmonds is more likely, and I think that it's going to be a challenge for both because if you start restructuring a ton of deals, right? You know, I started thinking long and hard about this Josh Allen restructure, and it's going to add if you if you add whatever it is like twenty ish million dollars in cap with a restructure by converting this year's salary, you got to add about four or five million in cap hit to the next four or five seasons. And that's something you can consider with all these other deals that they got to figure out over the next couple of years. So there's, a, there's so much that goes into it. We're just kind of like scratching the surface of what the cap is going to look like and all that kind of stuff. But I think admin should be a priority. Some other guys, they're not necessarily up for deals this year, but I, to me, two pieces, one on the offense, one on the defense. A lot of people rejected them to take big leaps this year, that being Gabe Davis and Ed Oliver. I would say almost both of them were kind of disappointments, and somewhat, at least it felt like just watching the games and not really doing a ton of deep study. It just it kind of felt like consistency was the issue. How do you feel about both of those guys and maybe their long-term future with the Bills? You know, I think that 
actually, it might be a best-case scenario just to flip the positive spin on Game Davis. Like, it, just think, if he went – if he had a huge season, right, and he put up, like, Mike Williams numbers and you're looking at a, a, an extension here in the next 12 months of, like, three years, $60 million, that is a huge chunk for your wide receiver, too. So I think that if he kind of – takes a step back this past season and and now maybe you view him in more of that wide receiver three role and he has some big games you know we've seen the upside from Gabe Davis but you're able to go out and either draft a wide receiver two and get it so that you have somebody on a rookie contract or you go out on the free agent market and there are some guys that I think are are really super interesting I'm I'm looking at a guy like DJ Chark uh, out of Detroit who I think you know He's got speed. He reminds me in a lot of ways of, like, what Marvis Valdez-Scantley did for Kansas City. He wasn't a weekly difference maker, but in a big game, in a big spot, he's a veteran receiver that made big plays in the AFC title game. And I think that the Bills need more speed. They need a downfield threat. You pay $10 million a year to go out and get Shark. Maybe you pay $2 million a year, $3 million a year on a short year, short-term deal and go get a Paris Campbell. Uh, and then that allows Gabriel David. It takes the pressure off him a little bit. And then – from a statistical perspective, you don't have to pay him so much, and it kind of fits maybe more into that big picture cap situation. Oliver, dude, that's a conundrum, man, because I, I'm i an Oliver fan. I like what he does um, for the most part on a week-to-week basis. You see him taking on double teams, even at his size. He, do, he has been really good against the run this year, and at times he's been a wrecker, but it hasn't been enough. So are you willing to pay what the market value is going to be for an interior defensive lineman, I just I don't know if there's the money for that. I don't know if he's earned, done enough to earn that. So now you're in a situation where he's back on that fifth year, and then you kind of figure it out. I almost wonder if the Bills, in, in, in those inner circle conversations that we were talking about, if they land on a spot with Oliver where there's so much meat left on the bone that you're concerned about him ever fulfilling what you drafted him to be, if maybe he's not a trade candidate, and maybe you try to bring in a receiver, second or third year receiver, um, that, that fills that wide receiver two role, and you don't have to draft somebody, and you don't have to pay somebody as a free agent. Looking around the rest of the AFC East, the Dolphins it, it initially seemed to take a huge step forward, but injuries and, and stuff like that really kind of brought them back. But looking around that division, the Jets, to me, for the second offseason in a row, seem like the big players that could make a huge jump. Do you if if they get a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or even a step below in a Derek Hart, is there a real potential there that the Bills could be staring in the face of two teams that could take the AFC East from them? Uh, yeah, uh, because they're not going to be the same team. And if they don't find impact players in the draft and they're not able to spend in free agency, I mean, that's how – the both teams, the Dolphins and the Jets, part of you know the reason they're so good, and they paid on some draft picks. Don't get me wrong, but you look at some of the premier players they've brought in as free agents the last couple of years, especially on the lines. Um, that's how you do it, and the Bills have done that to a degree. But those those assets, they've, they're already in house, and they're not going to be able to bring any of those guys in. So now it's about can you hit on draft picks at, at impact premier positions? Kyer Elam and Sauce Gardner. It feels like there's you know, a, a world between where they're at in their careers. And so, I don't know. I, there's just like a lot of question marks about what this roster is even going to look like. And I thought the Jets were, you know, a competent quarterback away from really putting pressure on the Bills down the stretch. 
who knows? They win that second game, and they and they win some more games, and they finish at about eleven or twelve wins. What that looks like at the end of the year. So yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a fair worry to have if you're a Bills fan. On the Western Hotline, Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com and host of the Shout Podcast, Matt Perino. Matt, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Super Bowl. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Philadelphia all year seemingly had to answer questions of, was it a soft schedule? Are they actually this good? Kansas City seemingly came into this year with a ton of questions just because maybe people wanted them to fall off, but ultimately they both find themselves in this game. Who do you like here? I think Philadelphia still sits at about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like next Sunday? Uh, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in this spot. I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. I love what he's done. He's fun to watch play. I think he can affect the game you know, in multiple ways. But I think the two weeks is going to allow um, Patrick Mahomes to, you know, figure out what's going on with that ankle, probably get it to a, a better place, and then, you know, go out there against the Philadelphia defense they have two weeks to prepare for. He's just seen more in this league. So I love the way that Chris Jones is playing too. So that's going to be a really fun matchup against what I think is one of the strengths of the Eagles that up front. But I'm picking uh, Patrick Mahomes until somebody beats him. Um, uh, this season, I, I'm not. I'm not picking against them. Before I let you go, Matt, let the people know where they can find you. What you got coming up? I know it's the off season. Do you got any fun vacation plans coming up? I know it's cold here, but with the off season, you know, you never know. No, I don't. I don't think I got any uh, awesome vacation plans. We went to Disney last year, and I think we're going to probably go to uh, D- Disney again next year. But we'll go to some some baseball games once that starts. We'd love to go to Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Uh, we might we we actually got a summer trip. We're going to Toronto for a concert, so nothing crazy. But you can find all my work. Uh, follow me at Matt Perino on Twitter. That's where everything appears. Uh, the Shout Podcast is live every Wednesday this week. Coming up, we have former Buffalo Bills uh, tight end Lee Smith to kind of talk about everything that went on uh, this past year uh, in Buffalo. He's obviously still pr- pretty close to it. He knows a lot of guys. Uh, spends a lot of time with them, so it'll, it should be a good episode. Fantastic. Matt, thank you so much for joining me, especially on your weekend. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and I hope to talk again soon. Thanks, buddy. Take care. You too. That was, again, Matt Perino, Bills Beat Reporter for Syracuse.com, and, again, host of the Shout Podcast. I'm a big Disney guy. I'm, I'm glad he said he went to he's, he, you know Disney trips, You know, two trips coming up, or well, one coming up, one he did. Corey, I was telling you in the break, man, I, I got a family like vacation meeting coming up. No. <clears throat> he just, no, no. Just, hey, listen, we're going on vacation, so will the secretary please read the minutes from the last meeting? Absolutely. What are you doing? You made a joke about that, but that's going to happen. Oh. Someone's going to make that joke, and it's going to happen. You know what? Well, sir, as per my previous email about relaxing. No. You can't. It's a Disney vacation. Disney vacations are always like a little bit like a step above. Perverse behavior. It's absolutely (laughs) disgusting. Uh, We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to continue on our topic with the Buffalo Bills. We might also hit some hockey. The Sabres, their next game is not until next Saturday when they take on the Calgary Flames. And, of course, we are still taking your calls at 803-0550. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary has the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold, and you're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. About a half hour left here as we wrap up our weekend programming here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you. Nate Geary has the day off. I'm hanging out with Corey Griswold here talking Bills football. Gambling in the breaks. Oh, absolutely. I'm, dude, live betting college basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm, back. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm telling you, I, like I, I've told you and I think everyone that I work with knows I'm a huge college basketball junkie, the whole thing. And it's because the Sabres are entertaining and good. Like my seven o'clock weekday nights gone out the window. Like I'm watching the Sabres. And now that they're off a little bit and we're getting closer to the conference tournaments, and, and that's for me as well. March Madness begins when like the Ivy League tournament starts. Okay. Like, okay. Colgate. We, we get wild. Yeah. yeah. We get wild. But like I Virginia Tech is gonna absolutely be the death of me. <laughs> absolutely gonna be the death of me. I don't know any Virginia Tech fans who are happy. We have one in no, the building. Oh, we have one, and yeah. he is not happy. Never ever happy. goes to all of the games yep. for football. And never, ex- never, never once happy. experiences joy. Not once. I mean, I'm a Texas fan, so I can't say anything. Like every year, I'm like, "It's our year, baby. We're back!" And like week three happens. So we love toxic relationships. We love. Um, I only look for red flags. That's right. Green Absolutely. flags are for cowards and <laughs> losers. That's right. Red flags means the relationship's going to be super exciting. We're going to go to the phones real quick. We've got a Jay calling in. Jay, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday, man. How you doing? Hey, good afternoon, boys. Uh, it's funny listening to you talking about college basketball real quick. I'm going to be 50 next month, and uh, back in my early 20s, college basketball was my life. And now listening to you talk, I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So aging sucks. I just want to say that. Um, thinking, uh, thinking of the Bills and uh, what Matt Perino was saying, um, I'm hoping you might talk me off the ledge real quick here. I'm going into this season feeling very, um, very uh, uneasy. I think a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling very discouraged. And I haven't used that word in a while with this organization, with Bean and McDermott. And part of me, you know, I think about this season and I think about the draft picks that we had and how they kind of aren't hitting. Like we see Elam in and out. We see Elam as a healthy scratch. We see bash him not around then he's all of a sudden starting all the time for 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 uh because you know miller's out that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, russo's in and out i mean 
I see our offense kind of struggling. I, I look at the, the Chiefs game last week. Uh, the very first play of the game, Mahomes throws a swing pass to their rookie uh, running back. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I don't know. I look at our offense. I look at our defense. And I'm just feeling like I got my hands kind of up in the air, kind of pulling to George Costanza like, I don't know what's going on here. I know we got Josh Allen and we can always play hero ball. But that can only get you so far. So I don't know. I don't know what I what I should think. I, I know what I want to think, but it's um I'm just feeling so frustrated and wondering, am I already falling behind other teams already? And I don't know I don't know where I'm gonna fall on this, so I'm gonna let it play through, but maybe you can give me some words of encouragement, boys. Yeah, Jay, absolutely. Amen. Thank you for the call. I, I think I have no it, words yeah. of encouragement. You're like, no, 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 you're absolutely right. I think for me, like I think discouraged is probably the right way to look at it. Because of how the season ended, you probably should be discouraged. I would kind of be surprised if a lot of fans left that game and went, got them right where we want them, baby. We're, we're fine. We're good. <laughs> probably very few if any fans did walking that. Out of the, walking out of the stadium, out of Highmark Stadium on that day, just rubbing their hands together. It was like, nah, everything according to plan, boys. Yep, everything is everything exactly where we want it. I think a big thing, though, and Matt brought it up, is is this, this coaching staff, the front office, they're learning. And you're right. I mean, like, when you look at the Chiefs, their rookies were involved very early on. You talk about their rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco. We were hearing his name in preseason of somebody that should be drafted high in fantasy leagues because of how often they were using him in training camp practices. Sky Moore was a big name a lot of people loved coming out into the draft. The Chiefs get him in the second round. I think the Bills do have to learn. That was my biggest frustration with this whole year was that it seemed like the Bills had this apprehension of using their rookies and really giving them serious roles because I think to them they thought, we're in the Super Bowl window, we can't let the young guys you know, go in there and potentially kill us. Honestly, it kind of fits the same strategy they used for their defense, which is bend, don't break, don't let them beat us over the top, and you, you kind of let like the death by a thousand cuts happen. I think the same thing happened with the team overall in terms of their rookies. Khalil Shakir, to me, should have been the starting slot receiver by, like, week six. But I think they were terrified of a rookie jumping in that they didn't want to do it. James Cook, kind of the same thing. Me and Corey joked about it earlier, but, like, pass blocking. He wasn't the greatest pass blocker in the world, so they kept Singletary, kept giving him number one reps when it really should have been a split backfield probably from the start of the season. I think realistically, you have Josh Allen. Your window is still very much alive. I know Bills fans do get frustrated with Sean McDermott. I've heard a lot of people start comparing him to Marty Schottenheimer. I wouldn't go that far. You have a very, very good coach, top 10 in the league. You have a top three quarterback in football, been to some people top five. You're going to be all right. And I think as well, the last two years have shown this, this group, I think, number one, they cannot keep playing scared on defense. And number two, and I hope this is a thing, they've looked around the rest of the league and saw, you can play your rookies, and oftentimes you should. There's less wear and tear in their body, and ultimately, they're, this is going to sound bad, they're cheap labor. They are guys that should absolutely... It does be, sound terrible. It you sounds right. terrible. But <laughs> you're like, absolutely correct. Sounds terrible. But ultimately, you're getting these guys who should be starters or filling holes on your roster at not the price that they should be. It's it, like they're coming in and you, let's say, James Cook comes in and I'm saying he should have been near running back one. He shouldn't be making you know the contract he had in the second round. He should be, be making probably five, six million dollars a year. Or you look at Khalil Shakir. I'm having him as a starting slot receiver come week six. He should be making probably three, four, five million dollars a year. He was a fifth round pick. He won't be making that. They've got to start doing that. And I think especially because 
where they're at in terms of the cap space. Yes, they can rework Josh Allen's contract and, and maybe free up. I've, I've seen numbers like $20 million, but that's not going to happen every year, especially because that pushes the cap back just three, four years, and you're also going to have the same problem. I hope this coaching staff has learned. But as, I, as I've been saying, and it's not necessarily in a negative sense, it's just more like a, you know, don't have to hold your breath too long. If they really aren't learning, they will be gone. You're in a window with a guy of the caliber of Josh Allen. If they really aren't learning, don't worry. You're not going to have to wait till Allen's 30 before he gets a new coach. If, the, if it's truly as negative as it is, you won't have to wait that long because he is that good. He is one of the faces of the league. It's not like a Matthew Stafford, who I'm, I'm just using Matt uh, because big arm, went to Detroit, and seemingly could never get help. Matthew Stafford was never a face of the league. He was never a high-value player for the league to really market. Allen absolutely is. Just like how many like, primetime games the Bills play. I know. I worked all of them. My sleep schedule was messed up to hell because of it. I was not a fan. But I think that's where like I'm just I'm interested in this offseason. It could go bad, but I'm not in this awful zone because if it goes poorly, changes will be made. I would have liked maybe a coordinator to lose their position. I think maybe it was time to, to move on from Leslie Frazier just to get a new voice in there. Maybe someone to challenge McDermott because McDermott and Frazier do run a very similar defense. A lot of zone, a lot of cushion, and just don't get beat over the top. I think it would have been good for the Bills to maybe change that identity up just to kind of... I essentially just to change things up to get a new voice in there, especially because you're ultimately going to lose a lot of pieces. There is a strong potential here that Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer are not with the Bills. But in terms of like other teams passing you, I wouldn't be that worried about it. The Chiefs did a really, really good job of changing their identity from big plays and hitting people over the top with Tyreek Hill to changing it to more of a possession, death by a thousand cuts, just moving down the field you know, effortlessly, really. But the Bengals, there's already reports out that T. Higgins wants wide receiver one money, and he should, and that they may have to trade him to do so. If they lose Higgins, that is a massive hit to them. And the Bengals themselves, notoriously, are a very, very cheap organization. They do not pay their players often. As well, not all these teams who are seemingly on the rise will actually be on the rise. Look at the Chargers. You could be the Chargers, who have a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert, and yet they've made the playoffs once and they had a huge, almost historic letdown in their game against Jacksonville. Up, what was it, 27 nothing, and they lose? I mean, like, that just cannot happen. Now, with this ultimately being said, though, I do understand where people are upset. I was upset. It's, it's you know, it's been about two weeks. So, for me, I'm having this little bit of, like, a, all right, like, Things have settled. I'm starting to look at the draft. I've, I've already openly said it today. I don't think the offensive line needs to change that much. I think maybe one or two pieces. And with guards, you can get them in the second, third, fourth round, and they can be starters for you. And that's not just because of necessity. It's just because typically guards essentially aren't typically high-end first-round picks. You can be all right. You're all right. You can kind of wait a little bit on them. Wide receiver, I'm less so on. I want high-end talent there. I think that's been a real miss from being of not allocating high-end resources outside of the Stephon Diggs trade to the wide receiver position. He's never taken a receiver in the top three rounds of the draft. I think that does have to change. But I'm hoping this Bills group does learn. With that being said, though, and I know a lot of people are going to feel this way, they didn't learn from 13 seconds, and you would be right. However, and kind of with the same thing of my desperation point, 
I get worried with desperation when you don't actively try to confront it, when you sit back and decide, nope, we're fine. And that might be what they're doing, bringing everyone back, really only firing the safeties coach. But I think now this year they could be pushed into a corner of we need to be better. The Bills could ultimately finish with the exact same record as this year. Instead of 13-3, and they would play the extra game, maybe 14-3 and or 13-4. and But I think it was the feel and how the Bills looked to end the season, really the second half of the season, that has put a lot of people down. Even the Miami Dolphins game was such a drag to get through. That The first half of that game, or really the first quarter of the game, felt like they're just going to run through them. I think it was, what, 17-0, Corey, right? Like 17-0 like for the first like quarter. It, it looked like it was going to be a breeze. And then the rest of the game happened. But there's not always this like guarantee that even the other AFC teams are definitely going to keep taking these steps forward. Jacksonville is a team that I think could be a really big threat next year. What if they're not? What if they don't take that step from nine and eight playoff win to all of a sudden you know twelve and five and they're off and running? There's a very real chance that that happens that they're just not going to take a huge step forward. I still think Josh Allen is a top three quarterback in the league. I think McDermott, because of what this team went through this year is a very, very good coach. I've been known to say, and, I, and, I, and I, I've seen people around the NFL circle say this too, head coaches are more, they're there to motivate, call timeouts, and decide what to do on fourth downs. I think motivation-wise, McDermott has been spectacular at that. And I don't want to lose sight of what this team went through and maybe why they did bow out, in a sense, kind of weak in the divisional round. This team really may have been one of those teams that just like, we needed a break. And me and Corey, me and you talked about it last week that if they would have won the Super Bowl, there would have been a documentary on this team of all the stuff oh, they yeah. went through mm-hmm. and actually winning. I think yeah. that I I don't want to forget that as the offseason goes along. That also doesn't mean problems. you're good next year. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. It, like it it it's a valid excuse for why this year went the way it did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean your window gets an extra year bonus. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. But I still think the window's open. I think the window's open as long as the quarterback is there. I, I brought up Peyton Manning earlier in the show to talk about kind of like we need to also look at Peyton Manning's early careers and not necessarily the micro, uh, with a magnifying glass, but kind of be realistic with ourselves. They were not in the playoffs every single year. In a, I don't want to say a rather weak AFC, but ultimately when your quarterback's Peyton Manning, you should be in the Super Bowl at least once in your first six, seven years or at least make an AFC championship game. He didn't win his first playoff game until year six. He went. He, he had a bad rookie year in terms of play, you know team success. Went thirteen and three. Then they missed the playoffs his third year. I mean, like it, it's not a linear path. We talk about like this linear path a lot, like in life as well. Like that, everyone kind of wants to be on the same path. You know, you grow up, you go to school, you graduate at eighteen, you go off to college. After college, you immediately get a big time job, and you're off and you're off and racing. And within that period, you met your spouse and you're having kids. It's not how it works. And I think it's the same with Super Bowl windows and really sports in general. We talked about it as well with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes may be the most physically talented quarterback of all time. He has made three Super Bowls now. He has won once, and he's not even the favorite in this third one. He has made it to how many AFC championships? All of them at home. And he's only won one Super Bowl. It's not linear. Things can change. Things can get better. But with that being said, if things go poorly next year, there probably is changes. Because again, this team has now become marketable. The NFL likes the Bills. They're always on primetime, and Josh Allen is a face of the league. One of them. So if things go poorly, 
I would not stop, or I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath and think, no, they're not going to do anything. I think the Bagulos would make changes because they probably know they have to to make sure they can maximize the asset they do have. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on a Saturday. Nate Geary has the day off. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday with Zach Jones and Corey Griswold, and this is WGR. Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Final segment of the afternoon. Uh, Virginia Tech basketball has ruined my day. Good for them. Hope Welcome they're happy. Aboard. Hope they're happy. I said I'm back, baby. It, it's all it's all flown yeah, back. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is why I took like three months off from this. Can't stand it. <laughs> we were talking a little bit of Disney. I got I got a family What's this wee business? Planning coming up. <laughs> like tonight. It's never not funny that you have to do and, that. And like I just well, he, okay. I have to do that. I'm showing up. I'm okay. going to be there. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to have a few beers. Did you do your part of the presentation? My part of the presentation is showing up and having a few jokes. Okay. That is my part of the presentation. Okay. Is there is there a presentation? It's very informal. Okay. So there's not like someone setting up with a PowerPoint. No. No, 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 no. Just a lot of computers out, a lot of reservations being made. Too many dates for me to keep track of. Here's the thing. So I'm going with nine people. Okay. This trip is far less stressful than the one we went on last time, which was also nine people. Okay. Because the last time we went was for a Disney wedding. Corey, I don't – like, you talked about the anxiety you get from watching, like, you know, broadcasts going to hell in yeah. a handbasket. Like, on, I was not part of the wedding. I was just family. Yep. But we all kind of went together. We're all very close. Okay. And th- the amount of anxiety I felt, this trip has been, like – we're okay. <laughs> we're all right. That's great. We're just we're leaving in June. Whatever. We're good. We're fine. I like. I never want to experience that hell again. How much planning does Disney do for you at the Disney wedding? Where they just like, well, maybe let you stand they by do, a fountain. No, they do quite a bit. Okay. They do, they do quite a bit. So that was really nice. But now, like, obviously, it's just a regular trip. So we're all essentially doing the planning ourselves, which is fine. Like, we're all we're we're all Disney junkies. I grew up in a Disney family. Like, you know, we take a ton of trips. Very cost friendly as well. Like, from like just like little like podcasts and stuff that we all watch. So it's it's not the worst thing, and it's gonna be something I'm gonna do with my family. But man, I don't know why they invite me to these planning meetings. I offer nothing. <laughs> not helping. I, I offer absolutely nothing. <laughs> Listen, I know we're family. I'm also really bad at this. Like, it's my thing. Like, I'm not, like, if you guys didn't invite me, I wouldn't be like, what, why, guys? And I'm not talking the, the trip. I, I I need a vacation. I, I would like to go. But in <laughs> right. terms of the planning meetings, I don't need to be there. It's, right. And I was, I was joking to you. There's nine of us. It's not a democracy. It is very much a tyrannical government. That's right. Between, like, three people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, guys, like, I don't need to be there. You getting fed? Oh, yeah. Uh, now we're talking. Come on. It's an Italian family. Oh. We're getting fed. Buddy. Yeah. It's, it, food is the main yeah. seller. But man, they're all dinners. It's not a meeting. It's a dinner. It's a dinner. It's it's very much a informal dinner of like, hey, everyone, just kind of show up. 
but like I've got. You're that. not eating. Have you have you had something to eat? Come on, sit down. Here, get your, get Dude, a plate. I, get this I guy very, a plate. I very specifically did not eat much today <laughs> for for the planning of this. But I will say this. So I've got this tonight, mm-hmm. which I was informed of this morning. Ooh, I so I completely forgot. Quick turnaround. V- quick turnaround. Boom. I also have family coming in tomorrow to hang out at my house and like some of these guys I haven't seen in like three years outside of like a wedding. Oh really? And I'm like, oh Was this- it the Disney wedding? No, it was a different wedding. Okay. A different family wedding. But like I'm like, oh the stories that are gonna have to be told. I are you this person like I get very stressed out when like a ton of extended family comes around. Because it feels like I'm gonna have to like share a ton of stories. My humor, not necessarily family friendly, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be exhausting. Oh, great! You're on the radio. Good for now. You tell me. Three exactly, hours into the show, I know, I know. But like, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be exhausting, and like, I feel bad having that like anxiety building up. But like, I do so much better with like girlfriends' families than like my own. My own stresses me out. Like, why? Because there's reputations at stake. Reputations. You're yes. gonna see him again. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely see them again. Is that what it is? I think no, I I don't know. It's, it's something about it where it's like it just it stresses me out. Where I'm like I'm like I hope nothing goes bad because you know families as well. Like there's like a little tension there. <laughs> like my we biggest, know families my, hate each my other. My biggest fear is like the routine like Thanksgiving dinner where like someone brings up a little uh, like a political opinion no one agrees with and then like all hell breaks loose. Like that is my hell. This is why you got to throw you got to throw down first. You got to establish dominance physically amongst your family. <laughs> physically. Physical dominance amongst your family members so you can't be intimidated. Well, I mean, well, that works for my dad's side of the family. I'm 6'3", and everyone else is like 5'8". Perfect. So that works. My mom's side of the family, not so much. I'm 6'3". My one uncle's like 6'7". He needs to stop that. He needs to calm down there. (laughs) And my other uncle's like 6'1". Like, I'm like right in the middle. Like, I can't, no. I also have a bad back. So, like, I'm not really 24. (laughs) I'm like 78. You are. You are an extremely old man. You're complaining about losing a bet on Virginia Tech. You're talking about going to Florida for vacation, and you say, you're just complaining about your back. I'm I also hate golf. Fi- golf infuriates me. <laughs> not watching it, playing it. When the ball does not go dead center like I want it to. You are perfectly paired with Bulldog. This is true. This is very true. Yep. He's going to a golfing simulator. I am waiting for the review on it. I need to know. A, go- a simulator? If, if it's good, I need to know because I am so competitive, and I, I need my retirement sport. Let's, I need it. Let's strap you into the simulator. See how you do. Let's, I, just, I need to know what is wrong with my swing. I know it's everything, but like specifically <laughs> tell me why it's everything. <laughs> it just starts flashing like a Looney Tunes cartoon at you. It's all right. I'll, I'll deal with that. That is going to do it for Sports Talk Saturday. I want to thank, of course, our guests, Chris Trapasso and Matt Perino, for joining us today. Hopefully it gets warmer. I'm just, I'm, I, I am so stressed to walk outside. Just, I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be 41 tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get it. That's, that's, a huge, that's a huge bonus. This has been Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary, of course, had the day off. Zach Jones and Corey Griswold carrying you the rest of the way. No Sabres game tonight, not till next Saturday. Our, our local programming returns on Monday with Howard and Jeremy. You've been listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.